Thank you, praise team. That song is so good. I love it. I love it. Usually I'm up here with, uh, with these guys and a guitar strapped in front of me, and that's my, definitely my security blanket. Uh, Uncle Ed asked me to give my personal testimony, and I did not want to do that. I don't want to do this at all. Uh, so I thought maybe if I strapped that guitar on, it would help, but um, I'm going to try and get through it with just holding on to a microphone. And uh, so thanks. That, that bridge, you've been so, so good to me. Man, that's good. It's exactly what I want to talk about uh, this morning. And, and to Marsh and Ann, thank you so much. You guys are amazing. And I'm, I'm just, I'm blessed to know you guys. And, and uh, yeah, how would we ever meet? How would we become friends and to grow in Christ together if it wasn't for this amazing church? So, so thank, thank you guys for sharing. And thank you, church, for being being a family, that's, that's what we're doing here. We're all, we're all growing in Christ together, right? We're growing together and we're, we're supporting each other and we're helping each other. And uh, that's, what's, that's what the beauty of the church is. So, so, so anyways, yeah, Ed, Ed gently doesn't take no for an answer, basically. He, he, like, he's such a smooth guy, so cool, and you can't say no to him. So, so here, here I am, and, and uh, let's pray real quick. Lord Jesus, this story, this story is all about you, Father God. In Scripture, it says, you said, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Father, so we lift you up this morning, and I just pray that you draw us to you, Father God. Draw us closer to you and draw near to us. Fill this room with your Holy Spirit, Father God, and speak to our hearts and our minds. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So if you don't know me yet, I'm kind of an emotional guy, especially music really gets me. If, if, if you're starting to, to get that, the, the hint that I'm just, man, I'm really emotional. Two weeks ago, we were up here singing Holy Forever, right? And we, and we hit that last chorus where the band drops out and we're all singing together and this church sings this church sings and it was beautiful and I just stopped singing I think a lot of people ask my wife like what well, was he having a cardiac arrest or is he okay he's like she's like no he's emotional and and sometimes I just I can't sing anymore because you guys are singing and it sounds like angels are in this room sometimes singing with us so um so yeah I'm very emotional I was talking to Ernie before the before the service and uh who are you? Are you over there, Ernie? Hey, buddy. <laughs> he was like, he's like, no, you'll do great. I, I appreciate how, and he was searching for a word. I appreciate how, and he took a second, and I was thinking, baby, uh, crybaby, little baby girl, or something. He was like, vulnerable, how vulnerable you are, you know? And, and, and so just, you know, let that out, and you'll be fine. But, but yeah, I just, you know, I analyzed why I do this sometimes, like, why I, I stop and I, and I break down and, and, and sometimes I'll just start sobbing. And, and through deep introspection, I realized, like, I don't deserve any of this, you know? We don't deserve what Jesus did for any of us, right? I don't deserve it. Jesus took my place as a sinner and he paid that price on the cross. He 
hung on the cross, got beaten, spit on. That's where I should have been. And he gave me his life, right? He gave me an eternity in heaven, living in happiness and glory and peace and love. Like, I don't deserve that. I was what the Bible calls filthy rags. You know, a wretched sinner. Not deserving of any, anything like that. So that's when I, when I break down. When the music, when the words hit me or, or when someone's speaking, you know, it's like, man, it's so, so good. He's been so, so good to me, right? And I don't deserve it. And so that just like hits my heart. Do you guys feel that way sometimes? Like, are you with me on that? Like, it's amazing what he's done for. So this story is all about him. We are running late. So I'll give you the really quick rundown of my testimony. And it's been so good to hear testimonies lately. I got to hear Pastor Chris's testimony uh, two, two weeks ago at First Friday. Amazing. If you haven't heard his testimony, it'll blow you away. Apparently, he was like this really insecure kid that was like, insecure, right? And, and, and Jesus changed him. And, and then Elizabeth last week, what a great testimony. I could not even imagine you talking about yourself the way you were before Jesus like changed you. You know, I'm like, that's not Elizabeth. Elizabeth is awesome. But uh, thank you for sharing. It's hard, but okay. I was born and raised in Southern California, Riverside, California. No, no one's from there, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. And, uh, my most, uh, my earliest memory, the earliest memory I can remember is my dad sitting me down and saying, uh, I'm not, me and your mom aren't going to live together anymore. That was uh, three, four years old. And, and uh, you know, when you're, when you're a little guy, your dad is like your rock, you know what I mean? Your parents, that's your, that's your foundation, that's your rock, but he said, yeah, we're, I'm, I'm going to move out, and we're not, I'm not going to live here anymore. And they said some word I didn't understand called divorce. And so that's my earliest memory as a child. Um, those school years are kind of blurry after that. Uh, when I turned 10, my dad thought that I should, he should have custody of me. So he, he, took, he took my mom back to, to court for a big custody battle, it was nasty. And these are my, these are my memories as an early childhood. Um, and he ended up getting custody of me. And, and, you know, I remember mom sobbing and, and what's happening, you know, things like that. So that was, uh, that was kind of how my childhood started. And it was rough and, and it was crushing, you know, to lose your, your, your foundation of your parents uh, like that. I visited with dad every other weekend and on holidays and then he got custody of me and then I saw, you know, mom on, on holidays and weekends and stuff like that. Uh, so, I'm living with my dad now at 10. I think I'm in, I'm in about sixth grade or so. Then uh, I go to a junior high and then my sister, so, so my dad starts seeing another, another lady, awesome lady, Sharon, and um, she brings a boy and a girl, two children. So I have a brother and sister now. I was an only child, but I have a brother and sister now. And my little sister, she's, a, she's quite young and she gets spinal meningitis, spinal meningitis. And this is back, I don't know, late 70s or early 80s, late 70s, I think. And, and so it was, it was a really bad, you know, diagnosis at that time. So 
apparently the doctor told my um, soon-to-be stepmother, Sharon, that she probably won't make it through the night. And, uh, you know, just to prepare yourself for that. And, uh, and so my dad, he was actually raised in a Seventh-day Adventist home. My, his mother, my grandmother, Gladys Custer, she was a strong Adventist lady. And, and my dad was raised in this home. He had gone, you know, off the rails and, and had forgotten all about that until then. And he said to Sharon, hey, why don't we say a prayer? Let's pray. And so they, they prayed for, for Jennifer's healing, and she was miraculously healed. And yeah, and so Sharon, my stepmother, she's like, who is this God? She, what is this about, you know? I, I had never heard the word God or anything in my life up until now. There was no talk about a God or a creator or, or anything like that, or heaven, nothing. I knew nothing. I knew Saturday morning cartoons, you know, eating Fruity Pebbles and, and Cocoa Puffs, and, and uh, I, played, I played a little junior tackle football on, on Saturday. So I was a football player too, Luke. Uh, and uh, <laughs> well, I stopped growing. Um, anyways, uh, there was no mention of that. But, but then when Jennifer was healed of spinal meningitis, She's like, what is this? Who is this person? So she starts reading the Bible and getting to know this, this God. And, and we all of a sudden get put in Seventh-day Adventist Christian schools uh, in my eighth grade year. Eighth grade, junior high, right? And I'm like, what is this? What are they serving for lunch? Like, what is vegetarian? What's tofu? I'd never heard, you know, like, what is... What is this curry? The curry they made was like a green glowing color. It was the weirdest thing. And so this is my first experience with all of this. And so, you know, at, 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 uh, in, in school, you have a Bible class. And so I start learning about God. And then I go to high school. It's uh, La Sierra Academy down in Riverside, California. And, and I, I have some great Bible teachers there. Mr. Bancars and I forget the other one. Anyways, I start learning about God, and he sounds really cool to me. I'm like, this, this sounds cool. I like this. And, and, it, and it started to touch my heart and, and uh, just somebody that you're like, yeah, if this is real, if this is true, I, I kind of like how this sounds, you know. So um, moving along here, that's, that's kind of when I started playing music. Me and my buddy, Steve Agee, he got, uh, he got a bass guitar. I got an electric guitar, and we started learning U2 songs, U2 songs, and, and uh, that's how we started the music career. Thankfully, U2 songs are all three chords. It's like a D, A, G, and you, and you can play all their songs. So that's how we started, and we, and, and, and we, we we're starting to get pretty good, and, and, uh, High school was good. I made some good friends. I had some good Bible teachers. I started to learn about God, and, and it was my first experience with all that kind of stuff. So, so life was good, but I'm, I feel like I'm still kind of living in um, like this haze. Like It seems like before you know Jesus, you kind of, you're kind of floating in a sea almost. Like you're, Everything's kind of hazy and blurry. You're, you don't know why you're here. You don't know where you're going. You don't really see other people deeply, right? You see them surface. 
Like you see their skin and what they look like, but you don't see into people's hearts. It's the weirdest thing. After, after Jesus came into my life and I accepted him as my Lord and Savior, like you see people differently. You see into their hearts. You see that other, other people are in the world that have hopes and dreams and, and they want to be loved. And, and you know, it's, it's, anyways, I'm sidetracking. I sidetrack a lot, so keep me on, keep me on track. Um, so then I went to college the first day of college. I met this beautiful girl, <laughs> my lovely wife, Susan, and I fell immediate in love and I dropped to my knees and asked her to marry me and we lived out. <laughs> no, she's shaking her head. No, that's not, that's not how it went. But, but uh, the first words I said to you was, hey, hey, it was like, hey, my, my buddy Mike introduced me. Hey, Brett, hey, meet Susan. And I'm like, hey, like, like I'm Fonzie or something. <laughs> I, thought I, was, I thought I was too cool. But um, so, yeah, I met Susan the, the first day of school. And we ended up just chit-chatting, talking for hours after classes and stuff. We hit it off like we were best buds, best friends. <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, I loved being with her and, and uh, hanging out with her. But that's all it was at that time. It was, it was friends. And um, I, I had a girlfriend, and you, I think you were just getting out of a relationship. And anyways, that's when we met, and we became, you know, good buddies and went through college. Um, I did more bands, and, and it started to get better and better. And people were like, yeah, this is good. This is good stuff. And so I, I liked it, and, and uh, we did more, and we did, like, talent shows and things like that. It was fun. Um, so fast-forwarding. We didn't date, really. We just stayed buddies, friends. But we would, what? For 15 years? Yeah, all right. For 15 years. So, um, so then after college, uh, my, house, my household wasn't like the typical Korean household, I think. We didn't really talk about what, what are you going to do for your life. You know what I mean? Like, I know you guys have your children's whole lives planned out from day one to the end of time, right? I love it. Um, but in my very, I don't know, Caucasian white family, like, uh, we, didn't, we didn't talk about it at all. I got to college, and I thought it was an extension of high school. You know, I'm like, oh, cool. We're still going to have parties and play sports and do that kind of stuff. And, and uh, I was, like, you know, rude awakening, like, no, you have to grow up and become an adult and figure out what you're going to do for your life. And so I was like, well, I love playing sports. I'm going to be a physical education major. So I took phys physical education. It was fun. I got to keep playing sports and having a good time. And, and uh, so, yeah, that's what I did through college. Played music, friends with Susan, and uh, still kind of floating. Uh, like I knew of God and Jesus now because of Bible classes, but hadn't said, you are my God, you know, Hadn't, hadn't yet said, you are my Lord and Savior. Please be my Lord. Not, not there yet. You know, just liked the idea of it. So um, after college, I moved down to Orange County, and I'm kind of aimless. You know, I have friends that are uh, be starting to become successful, graduate, going towards medicine, dental, um, other, you know, business careers, and I'm just like, 
you know, I just barely scraped by physical education. I think it took me five or six years to get through. And so I'm just kind of like, man, what am I doing? What, where am I going in life? What, what's happening? And I'm playing music. I'm in and out of bands. Um, they, they, sound, they seem good for a few months, and then they fall apart. And, and, and so stuff, stuff wasn't going good. I, I, I think I lived in my car for a little bit down in Orange County. Uh, I moved out of the house. I, I've got a job down in, at Claim Jumper in Laguna Hills, and I was, I was a server down there for a bit and just trying to figure out life. And it, it, was, it was bad, and I was doing things that, that are not good. I was putting things in my body that aren't good, you know, drowning out life because it was unhappy and it was depressing. And... <laughs> And I had no, no direction. You know, I had no hope of, of being successful or, or anything like that. Um, it was about 1997. My, uh, my stepmother and my father, they had a child. Um, it was Christopher, my little brother. So, <laughs> so he was in a car accident and, and passed away. In 1997, yeah. So, yeah. Woo. So we, yeah. So we lost him, and that was that was super hard. That was one of the hardest things ever. It was um, it was a rainy night, and he just took a turn, you know, too 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 sharp, and he uh, he lost traction and hit a tree uh, with a with a friend. Christopher, my brother, died, and his friend is paralyzed from the neck down. So please drive carefully, children. Please drive carefully, uh, especially on wet roads. You know, you're all precious to us. And anyways, um, that was hard. Life was hard. Uh, my, my relationships with girls were just falling apart. I couldn't pick, I couldn't pick a good girlfriend if, I, if it was put right in front of me. I mean, it was put right in front of me. <laughs> it was right in front of me for so, so long. <laughs> Anyway, so there is, I do have one marked night where I collapsed to the floor, sobbing, if you can imagine me sobbing, um, collapsed to the floor and just cried out, like, God, if you are real, if, man, it's hard. God, if you are real, please help me, please. It's really hard. It's really hard. If Ed asks you guys to come up and tell, you should say no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You should say yes because hopefully we are lifting up Jesus here and we are supporting each other. But uh, this, this, there is a mark tonight. I collapsed to the floor crying. I cried out to Jesus, please help me. I give you everything. I give you my relationships. I give you my job, my, my career, my work, whatever that might be. I give you my life, my heart, you know, my soul, my mind. I, I just, I can't do it anymore. Nothing I do works out. Nothing, nothing seemed to work. And so I remember just kind of crying it out there for probably an hour. I was alone in the house. Thank God my roommate wasn't there. He'd be like, you're 
nuts, and, and going to bed and waking up the next morning, and it's not roses and bunnies. It's not, it's, you know, it's not this miraculous a light shined down on me and I saw the face of God. It wasn't like that. It's not like that. But something was different. Something was different. The Spirit of God, I think, came into my life that night and said, okay, let's, you know, let's do this. Let's do this. And so there is a marked time in my life where the trajectory goes from the very bottom upwards. And, and in this upwards trajectory, there's ups and downs for sure. I, I backslid. I did stuff I shouldn't have been doing. You know, soon after Orange County area, I moved out to L.A. Um, I did fall into a good career out there. You know, my, my dad made a call to a friend, and he, he got me in the mortgage business. I jumped into a few companies and then ended up at Countrywide Home Loans, who was, uh, who was doing some, a lot of mortgage loans in the well, late 90s, 90s, early 2000s. Uh, had a fantastic career there. Um, so, so trajectories started to, to go up. But back up, I moved to L.A., and, and I started a band with um, some of my friends from high school. I think they have some pictures. You want to show some of these funny pictures? That was, that was the uh, Ticketmaster Showcase. That was pretty cool. I think we won that Ticketmaster Showcase. So that was big. This is Hollywood, California. What else we got? Okay, here we go. This is the band. So that's Don Torres on the far right. He was my bass player. And then Jay Villanueva there next to him with the cowboy hat on. He, he played electric guitar and cello. And he'd put a cello, you'll like this, Ed, he put a cello through like a distortion pedal sometimes or an overdrive, and it made really cool sounds. Um, Sam Primero, of course, is the drummer in the front. He only wore black leather pants and no shirt all the time, all the time. It was the weirdest thing. We'd go to the grocery store, and that's what he'd wear. But he was, he was such a character. He was great, a great drummer, too. I'm standing behind him. And that beautiful girl to the left there, this is my beautiful wife, but not yet. Still, still buddies right there. Still friends. Oh, what else? Did we have another? Yeah, this is, uh, this was, I think it was the Troubadour or the Whiskey. So we played, we played a lot of, uh, of the biggest clubs in Hollywood. Sunset Boulevard was, was the Whiskey Go-Go, the Roxy. Um, the Troubadour was a few streets over. We played some really big shows. Um, you know, the fan base grew. That was back in the days where we'd go to, to Kinko's and make flyers. There was no internet yet, kids. There was no, like, email in your, your, your songs out, you know, or my kids asked, like, are you on YouTube? No, I'm not. There was no YouTube. There's no internet. But um, I think that's all of them, right? Was there anyone? Yeah, okay. So please take that down. <laughs> anyway, so the band's doing really well. But I'm still doing bad things. Like, I did commit my life to Jesus that night, and I'm starting to make this trajectory and get to know Jesus more and more. You know what I like to do? I like to listen to Christian radio. I wanted to get the message of who Jesus was in my life daily now. I'm backsliding, though. I'm in L.A. now and doing stupid things that the world tells you you think you need to do. You're a, you're a lead singer of a rock band in Hollywood, California. You need to drink alcohol and take drugs. You know what? That's stupid. You know why it's so stupid? I played awful. My, my shows were awful. They were terrible. The musicianship was awful. But, yeah, I was doing stupid stuff. So 
I would go through these times where I would recommit. I remember a time where, where I was hanging out with Susan and, and, and Saturday morning came along and we were like, should we go to church? Because we hadn't been going to church really. And, and so it was kind of like, well, is this real to us? Like, do we believe there's a God and, and do we want to go to church? And, and yeah, we did. We did. So we started going to the Hollywood uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church. There's a church right off the freeway up there in Hollywood. It was painted purple, right? And uh, we started to go to that church, and and uh, I think we started doing a little music there. And, and uh, you know, her, her dad was a pastor in the L.A. area, and we'd sing for his churches every once in a while. And, and um, so the trajectory's going upwards. I'm backsliding. I'm doing stupid stuff. I recommit myself. I backslide, I do d- dumb things, I recommit myself. And this is a good lesson, I think, for our lives. I think it has to be almost daily that we get up and we are, like, desperately seeking Jesus, you know, daily. And, and sometimes I feel like, like Ann was talking about, you know, there's these stories of people that have... Um, just this experience in life where there's a marked change and, and then they find Jesus and everything's amazing. But there's a lot of people here that have grown up uh, from a baby in a loving Christian home that have known Jesus their whole lives. And can this be a danger? Can you, can you relate to this? Can this be a danger that you've known God for so long and been in the church for so long that you've stopped waking up every morning desperately seeking Jesus, desperately calling out to him? Could that be a danger? I, I think it was in Jesus' times, the Jews, right, had this, had this problem. The Jewish community felt that they were the chosen ones and they were going to heaven and they were good and Jesus looked down on them as amazing people no matter what they did. So I feel like this message is for both of us, for the people who... who who were at the depths, the worst part of life, you know, could deal out and found Jesus and, 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 and knew that they desperately needed Jesus, desperately needed God for help. And I think the message is also for you kids, you families that have known Jesus your whole lives. Don't ever take it for granted. Know every morning that you live in a dark, desperate world and that you need to Desperately cry out for him to be in your life, for his presence to be with you every morning. Amen? Amen. We do live in a dark, awful world. You know, look at the wars that are going on right now. And we desperately need to cry out and cling to him every day. You know, and, and Elizabeth reminds us of the story of, of Hannah. She had nothing left. She was desperately crying out for him, and, and Jesus showed up. And you think of uh, Captain Naaman, who had leprosy. He desperately needed help, and, and Jesus showed up. Or, and the lady who, who'd run out of food and, and the flour and the oil was her last meal, right? Her and her child were going to die, and, and God showed up through Elijah, I mean, I think that's the people we need to be. We wake up every morning desperate. Lord Jesus, I've known you my whole life, but I desperately need you in my day today. Take my life. Take, take my job. Take my family, Father God. Take it all. I give it to you every day. Let's not forget that. Don't forget it. Don't take it for granted. Children, you are so far ahead of where I was. You know, don't take that for granted. Like, like I was saying, I, 
I felt like I was floating in a sea of blurriness before I met Jesus. After I met Jesus, you know, it's like I saw people in their hearts and in their minds and, and who they were. And it's such a, it's such a beautiful thing. I think scripture says that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and you and, and it does it gives you so much wisdom of how the world works and how people work and what's going on and why you're here and where you're going it's a beautiful thing well one thing did happen to my heart when when uh Jesus came into it it, it really opened my heart to Susan like she had been my best friend for so long and I told her a few times with great enthusiasm we will only be just friends. That's all we will ever be. Why can't you get that through your head? We're only, <laughs> man, I am eating my words, <laughs> foot and mouth. And thank God I am because, because what happened was, is like, I've al- I always knew she was beautiful. Like she should have been swooped up so quickly. She should have been long gone. I am such a lucky guy to have a beautiful woman like that, but it's the heart inside of her <laughs> that's even more beautiful. I mean, this girl is insanely amazing. This is another thing I do not deserve. I do not deserve. She should have been long gone, and, and I know she, she says, I think she tried to get away, and, and God just kept bringing us back together. I mean, I was rude. I was rude sometimes. She, she should have been long gone, but, but God just... He had us, he had us uh, for each other for some reason. Like, he made us for each other. And so we kept coming back into each other's lives. And I remember the first time she went off to, to something, she left somewhere, and, and I was like, what's that? What's that feeling in my stomach? That's weird. What is, it's like, I kind of miss her. Like, what is, is that, am I having feelings for this girl? What's going on? And and so I, I remember it starting to grow and grow. And this is Jesus changing my heart. This is, this is God coming into my life and just changing my heart. And, and so, yeah, that, that was one thing. I, I, I fell in love with this girl, beautiful on the outside, beautiful on the inside. And uh, thank God. Thank God for that. Now we have these two beautiful children, Zoe and Caleb. Amazing. You know, my life is blessed. My life is just absolutely blessed from that and I can just I could go on and on of of the blessing Susan was having dreams that we lived and moved to Oregon before we moved down up up here from California it was weird and 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 she was she was miraculously saved in the hospital three four years back from from a a aneurysm burst a brain bleed she had I mean just miracle after miracle miracle in our lives I'm just extremely blessed And so if I can just encourage you to wake up every day and desperately seek Jesus, give him your life, your heart, your mind, your relationship, everything, because he is a God that you can trust to put your life into his hands. He loves you more than you love yourself. He loves you and knows you better than you know yourself. And he only has your best interest in mind. And I just, I thank him for what he did in my life. I was on the direction to nowhere, nothingness. I, I don't know how I would have turned up. I think that song has those words. Who knows what I would be if it wasn't for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So 
that's that's about it. I I uh, I think we're about out of time, and and uh, I love y'all. Thanks for listening. Um, let's pray, Lord God Jesus. I just thank you so much for what you did in my life, and for how how blessed I am, Father God. You uh you took a a a boy who was had no direction, didn't know where he was going in life. And you gave me direction. You gave me purpose. You gave me a hope. And I know you can do it for every person here in this building. I know you can do that for every person listening online, Father God, because you are just that good. You're an amazing, amazing God who loves us and has our best interest in mind. Thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you for this church where we get to come and share our stories with each other. Lord, bring your Holy Spirit down upon us. And as we leave here today, stay with us every day this week. Take our lives, take our hearts, take our minds, take our jobs, take our marriages, take our relationships. We hand them over to you. We lay them at your feet. Lord Jesus, because we know that we can trust you with all that we have and all that we are. You're that good. You are that good. And we love you, Lord. And as we take communion this, this afternoon, we remember what you did for us. You took our place. You took all of my sins and all of everyone else's sins here. You took that upon you. And you died with that. And you gave us a life in glory, peace, happiness, joy. You gave us your life. There's just, there's no words to thank you for that kind of gift. But we remember, we remember you this morning, what you did for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.